You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I'll pass yeah, up yeah. on the $25 million payday. Yeah, if I, if I can't play six games of MLB The Show and a couple games of Madden and a game of NHL <laughs> while, I'm, while I drink 20 Cokes in a day, you, you couldn't pay me enough. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Set. And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Happy spring! Maybe the ugliest season of them all. In Alberta, everything is just brown, covered in gravel. This is a terrible season until about May. It, the only good thing is, is that there's baseball on TV every night now. So, like, there's always something to watch, especially with the Oilers out of the playoffs. But I'm I'm really tired of being absolutely covered in mud uh, <laughs> when I get back from work. I can get behind that. I got to say a shout out to you, Brazilian Ty, being the bankroll of the podcast. You got us our uh, Grey Cup tickets. The uh, 100% credit to you. I'm waiting for my uh, tax return from the Fed so I can pay you back. Well, it's just like I told you over text messages. I better not see any posts on Facebook with brand new TVs or anything. That's a good plan. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, and then we get to Calgary and our seats don't actually exist again. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> that $1,300, oh, man, it went a long way. <laughs> Did you survive April Fool's unscathed? Uh, No. I got, oh. I got fooled a little bit. What got um, you? So I'm a degenerate gambler, as we all know. Yeah. And we got a text message saying no more gambling at work. And this is at like 2 in the afternoon. We're like, oh, damn. How do you gamble at work? Like, Oh, there's ways. On your phone? Or like, what do you do? Uh, I can't disclose all the info. You have uh, an underground the... gambling ring at work? <laughs> <laughs> to, to protect the innocent slash guilty. <laughs> But there, there is some like I have bet on baseball every day since the season started as well. So, but they can't prove that. Yeah, they can. It's on my phone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I did put money into. Uh, we did squares for the last Oiler Flames game oh, of the year okay. as well. So, but yeah, it was it was all just a hoax. <laughs> there was an airline that said they were going to sell standing room only tickets, and I oh. had seen that maybe airlines were considering this to squeeze more people onto the plane. Kind of like, you know, a stand-up roller coaster where they strap you in, and then, of course, the people in front of you are, you know, two feet in front of you, and they can squeeze more people on. So then I saw this, and I was like, whoa. And there were $3 tickets from Toronto, or no, uh, Edmonton to Vancouver. And I'm like, I can afford 3 bucks to go to Vancouver. I'm only standing for 90 minutes. Uh, you know, I, I, I bought t- standing room tickets for an Oilers game, which they won, thankfully, that night I went. This was still when it was at Rexall. And the only advantage was that I didn't have to, like, because I tend to like to have a good time when I go to sporting events. <laughs> uh, the only advantage to the standing room tickets, we were super close to the bathroom, and I didn't have to bother anybody getting in and out of my chair. Yeah, that is nice. That is nice. But, but my feet were super sore uh, when we walked home from the LRT. 
Speaking of hockey, Stanley Cup playoffs are going to start next week. Who are you picking? Oh, I really wanted Jets, Flames, West Final, and the Leafs to make the Stanley Cup Final uh, so that the salary cap goes way up and solves some of the other's problems for them. Uh, but I, it's really hard. Uh, I, I really see a Jets-Tampa Final, which I have zero interest in, but I, I think that's where we're headed. For me, as long as Toronto loses, I'm okay. <laughs> my my pick my pick could change. My pick could change depending on who I get in my playoff draft. Yeah, would you mind putting down hundred bucks on Vegas for me? And if they win the cup, I'll pay you back out of the winnings. <laughs> oh, okay, good. You don't want to split it or anything? <laughs> no, I'll just give you your hundred bucks back. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, yeah, so, seems good. In the huddle with Karan Todd on the Two and Out Podcast. All right, we got a lot to catch up on because <laughs> it's been a while since we've done a show. Let's just uh, start with saying and mentioning the combine happened about a week and a half ago. There were that what, that was a fun Sunday at work for me. <laughs> nice. So what were there about eighteen players mm-hmm. globally uh, that came to this and a part of the CFL? 2.0 initiative, which is really cool. Some of the scouts said, hey, they fit right in with uh, the Canadian kids. I won't bore you with all the results of the combine, but I thought what was really cool was the new Wilson football that they brought that helped measure you know, some things with the quarterbacks, like how hard they're throwing, uh, the spin rate, and the release time. And I was just kind of blown away that... Uh, that they had this football and they were using it. Canadian quarterback Chris Merchant was the one that led in all categories there. Uh, he, he throws a football 50 miles an hour. I, uh, I'm i pretty sure my little baby hands would not be able to handle that on the other side of it. <laughs> <laughs> might, might chip a nail. Yeah, I have, I have the hands uh, of probably a nine-year-old child. That that could play that could play D line. <laughs> I, I guess I have big palms and stuff, but man, my my hands have nothing manly about them <laughs> except hair. Yeah, if your if your hands aren't manly, imagine how bad mine are. But um, you actually work well, with your hands and do I, things. With I do. Your hands. I do have I do have calluses, which is really good because golf season's coming too. Yeah, yeah. But w- with with this ball. The next logical step is goal line technology, is it not? I think so. It has to Just be. the chip has to be, so they know that as soon as it's crossed the plane, I guess all they would have to mm-hmm. know if the knee's down or not in advance, and I think that would make reviews a whole lot easier. Oh, it'd be a hundred percent easier, uh, and not only easier, but there'd be it would be evidence that it would be almost irrefutable, right? As long as you could see if you can freeze it when the knee goes down. And time, and because you could timestamp it, and then timestamp, and look at the timestamp on the ball, you could tell if it was in or not. It, yeah. it would take all the judgment away. And I, I know people want the human element, but at some point, if if we have the technology to get it right, we might as well get it right. And the one question I do have about the combine is why do these players even show up? The ones that are told by their agents not to perform, it, doesn't it just waste everyone's time? Not, not really. Uh, sure, you don't get to see them uh, do the drills, but you get them measured. 
you know, you get weight, height, you can interview them still. Uh, and, you know, a lot of, some teams put a lot of, a lot of, uh, importance on those interviews and, and how a guy answers questions or how he reacts to some questions. And, and that, that could be huge for, for a team, uh, based solely on maybe a character aspect, uh, if they're looking at a guy, uh, a little more in depth. How many Fortnite questions were brought up at the interviews? Oh, <laughs> I bet you there was, I bet you there was quite a few and it would be just, it would only take, it would only take one. Like, do you play Fortnite? Yes. Okay. Just cross. You're done. here. <laughs> yeah. You've fallen down the draft boards. Yeah. So what was that? Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, Carlos Santana last year, they were playing so mm-hmm. much Fortnite. He took a bat to a TV in the clubhouse. Like, yeah. And, and there was rumors that Russ Martin was doing it during September because he wasn't playing Wow. Uh, during September call up. So yeah, it, it's, it's creeping in and there, there's NHL teams now that, you know, you're not allowed to take it. You can't even take your PS4 on the road, uh, on road trips and stuff. And they're, they're, the Jays now have, you know, there's a there's a curfew for, for video games in the clubhouse <laughs> I was reading. So, like, before game time, at a certain time, the, the machines get shut off and, you know, MLB network gets put on or whatever and everybody goes to work. So it, it has become a problem. Uh, and I, I'm not going to lie, I play a lot of video games still, but I, I, I don't take it to work usually. I used but, to want to be... A pro athlete, but if they're going to limit my Fortnite, <laughs> I'll pass yeah, up yeah. on the twenty-five million dollar payday. <laughs> yeah, if I if I can't play six games of MLB the Show and a couple games of Madden and a game of NHL <laughs> while I'm while I drink twenty cokes in a day, you, you couldn't pay me enough. It's not worth it. <laughs> no. Have you played Fortnite? No, not a single second. N- neither have I, and the game's free. So I, I guess we just missed that generation by a few years. It, yeah, that or, you know, you have to play online and interact with people, and that just sounds terrible. <laughs> Let's go through uh, some player news individually here. We'll start with the Eskimos, who signed Mikhail Brooks on the defensive line, and he was actually a big deal with the Riders last year. He was really noticeable when he was in there for the running game, and when he was not in there, teams were able to run a little bit more effectively on the riders. So that's a big ad for the Eskimos. They also were able to re-sign fullback Alex Dupuis, and I really like this news about the Esks. They sign slot back Fred Stamps to a one-day contract so he can retire in Edmonton Eskimo. He will be at the June 14th game against Montreal and get a proper send-off there. I think they were selling $22 tickets in the lower bowl to get more people out to that game against the Owls. And For the it, next 222 hours. Yes, he's one of those <laughs> players that it just shows that not every great career has a fairy tale ending. Not every athlete gets to choose mm-hmm. the way they go out, like uh, you know Henry Burris. Um, it, 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 there's more stories like this where a guy has a great career. Uh, they go to training camp, or they just say, "Hey, you're too expensive in the off season. We're gonna trade you or, or not re-sign you," and they kind of just fade away. So it's pretty cool that Stamps gets to get his proper send off with uh, the Eskimo faithful. Mm-hmm. The, at, you know, and as an Eskimo, we had five straight years at over a thousand yards. Uh, you know, Here's just under eight thousand. Yeah, just under eight thousand yards total. Uh, you know, forty nine touchdowns. Uh, he was a big. It was, he was a really big part of that offense. Uh, you know, from 
basically 2009 to 2013. Uh, and then they even when they traded away Ricky Ray, he was still able to to produce, and it just goes to show like how dedicated he was to the game of football. But at 37 years old, I mean, it's really hard to keep up. He hasn't played since 2015. Uh, so... You know, it, it's really hard for a guy uh, at that age to, you know, be a viable player. I, I know there's guys that do it, but it, it's hard at that age. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, for him to go out the way he kind of kind of wanted to at the end, more or less being able to retire as an Eskimo is pretty, is pretty cool. Uh, I think, you know, where he had all of his success mainly. Uh, it's just too bad he was never able to get over the hump and get a great cup. Um, that that kind of sucks because, you know, he just seems like such a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, and as for Mikhail Brooks, you know, that D-line already has him on the Seawell, Alex Bazzi, and Kwaku Boateng on it. Uh, I don't know if they needed much more help. <laughs> but they'll take it. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair assessment. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders end up signing a few uh, players to one-day contracts and letting them retire, and Tristan Jackson and Macho Harris. But this signing, I think, has kind of gone under the radar a little bit. They were able to sign offensive lineman Dakota Shepley to mm-hmm. a two-year deal, which is a big, big deal. He was their first-round pick in the 2018 uh, CFL draft. He went to UBC, and he signed as an undrafted free agent with the New York Jets last year. He did the training camp with them and played in a few preseason games. So if he's able to come up and play you know, right tackle like some people are projecting. That's pretty big for the rider offensive line in the running game and, mm-hmm. well, p- pass protection too. And, and, like, another Canadian on that offensive line, uh, two-year deal, like you said, option for 2021. This is huge. Uh, you know, with Chris Jones gone now, uh, wasn't a big fan of him as a coach, as I've said, but as a GM he was able to build uh, a pretty good team with, you know, one glaring hole behind center. But – you know, you get a kid like this who could be, you know, if he if he does stay in the league for a couple of years, he could be one of the best uh, offensive linemen and going forward for for a team that needs to, you know, at some point develop a quarterback. And and they have they have William Powell right now to help take a lot of the load off. Uh, you know, adding to the offensive line is really good news for the Riders. Drake Nevis re-signs in Winnipeg on a one-year deal on the defensive line, and as we go to Toronto. I want to mention Matt Black, who ends up retiring and joining the Argos front office. And I just love that story from 2017 when he was released in the middle of the season. Uh, and then they end up bringing him back, and he makes the game-winning interception on Bo Levi Mitchell in the snow in Ottawa to win the Grey Cup. It was one of the coolest stories for a Canadian kid, so I'm sure the Argos will be happy to have him staying with the organization. He, he's got two Grey Cups with his hometown team. One in Toronto. Yeah, that's really cool. That's so, and like, and like you said, it, it, it's a total redemption story. You know, him coming back after being released and makes that play uh, late in the fourth quarter to pretty much steal the game for the Argos is just awesome. And you know, for him to, and especially you don't see, uh, you don't see guys respond. Well, you see guys respond like that, but. You know, to get released in the middle of the year, and then when you when you guy brings when you bring a guy back, it almost just seems like, well, we we made kind of a mistake, or you know, everybody's injured, and it kind of seems like a last resort because you don't want to bring a guy back and look stupid. But it looked it it turned out to be arguably the best move of the year, uh, you know, with them winning the Great Cup. 
I also want to mention James Wilder Jr., who's in for the battle <laughs> of his life uh, at training camp this year because they've got Tyrell yeah. Sutton, Chris Rainey. They only got 700 running backs. Yeah, and Brandon Burks. They, they just signed all of the running backs. So he he's in tough to uh, be the guy carrying the rock next season for the Argos. But he was invited for a WWE tryout. He's only 26 years old. And as a big wrestling fan, we've seen this a lot. They bring guys in that are athletes. And they, mm-hmm. they go to see if they can end up turning them into wrestlers over the next few years. So, man, if if he shows up in the WWE in the next three, four years, man, that would be cool. <laughs> like, would you put him with Brock Lesnar just because of the, the two football guys and then maybe throw – like, you could almost reinvent the shield, but it could be something else with him, Roman Reigns, and, and Brock Lesnar. Well, and Wilder's a big boy, six foot three, two hundred and thirty-two right. pounds. He's uh, he's got the body type to be a wrestler. <laughs> oh, for sure, and we, like we know he's got too. the athletic, and we and we know he has the athletic ability. Uh, that could be really fun to watch. Um, that being said, if if he goes that route, I think his playing days are pretty much done. Uh, but I mean. With with what happened this week, I mean, there's less jobs out there now, so uh, you know it might just be he might if he gets cut from Toronto, it might just be you know that this is it, and if he can get on in WWE, all the power to him. WrestleMania 35 from New York City this weekend. What's your plan for the big show? Uh, probably be stuck in camp. Uh, internet might be good enough to stream it on my WWE Network account. All right. Uh, if not. If not, I will have to uh, get text updates from Kendall. <laughs> oh man, I'll be uh, I'll be loving WrestleMania 35. I love how it's like eight hours long now too. People complain about how long it is, but I've been to WrestleMania twice: once in Dallas mm-hmm. and once in New Orleans. If I'm paying four or four hundred fifty dollars for a ticket, and I'm getting a seven and a half hour event, I'm a happy yeah. guy. Like if you start drinking at during the pre-show, you'll sober up by, like you can sober up by the main event. Man, and I almost went to New York this year. I just canceled the hotels about a month ago. (laughs) (sighs) I don't know when I'll be going to WrestleMania again, but that one stung. Uh, We stick with the Argos a little bit here. I love this. Their June twenty second game against the Hamilton Tiger Cats was going to be an evening game, but the Arkells who actually have a Ticats song that used to be a mainstay on this show, put out a tweet saying, we make a motion to move the Ticats and Argos game on June 22nd to a 4 o'clock start. Game ends, everybody walks 300 feet from BMO to the Budweiser stage, and we rock out at an Arkell show, and it only took less than an hour. And the CFL said, yeah. We'll move the game to a four o'clock start, and we'll have fun at the Arkell show after the game. I love that. See, and that would be an unreal weekend. No kidding, um, man. Also, that weekend in Edmonton, so the Eskimos have a home game on the Friday night on the twenty first, twenty second, April Wine and Trooper at Remax Field for ten dollars. <laughs> are you are you uh, hinting at something? I. I, I might have to book some time off. But I'm just saying, that's a pretty good weekend for Canadian music. 
Oh, yeah. It totally If it was is. 1980. <laughs> uh, before we get to some of the meat and potatoes and behind-the-scenes stuff of this thing, I have to say thank you to Park Power for sponsoring the podcast today, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. That is so, so awesome. So, uh, I, I think we got a tweet saying, hey, I, we, we got to keep using the uh, PETA approved, um, you know, sayings here. So if you're bringing home the bagels and you're able to save money on your power bill, you can buy even more bagels, Brazilian Thai. Yeah, but I'm cutting out. I'm cutting out bread, so bagels don't appeal to me. Well, they really do appeal to me because I, I I love bread so much, but it makes me so sick. Um, but yeah, we get. I, you know, I'd, I'd rather just kill two birds with one stone. No, no, you're <laughs> I, feeding two birds I, with one skull. No, no, I am an. Oh, I am a curmudgeon. I refuse to change. Change is bad. <laughs> So I know who you're voting for in the election then? <laughs> I, I, I'm not voting. I'm a Saskatchewan resident, remember? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> oh, Park Power is just regretting being associated with us. <laughs> Thank you to Park Power. Uh, the beauty of being in this province is that you get to choose where you buy your energy from. So they've got a low overhead, and chances are you're going to save money if you switch. If you go to their website, parkpower.ca, you can uh, pick up the calculator on there, type in what you're paying right now. It'll show you right away what you're going to save, so you can make the switch at parkpower.ca. Can I send them my Sask power bill, and they can run a line to my condo on the Sask side? (laughs) Because my power bill for a month, I was not home. It's $238. What? I don't know what happened. I don't know if my mom's going up there and drinking all the beer in my fridge and leaving the fridge open or what's going on. But it was like tr- it was it was it was four times what it was when I was home the month before. So I don't know what's going on. And you live a block and a half into Saskatchewan. Yeah, like two blocks. <laughs> like, you could just you just run it run it to the border and I'll just get an extension cord. Something. <laughs> yeah, I need a seven hundred foot extension cord, please. Well, no, you just get a bunch of them time together. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's talk about the proposed rule changes that have been brought up. Uh, the NFL is continuing to adopt NF or CFL rule mm-hmm. changes here and there. They're going to do the reviewing the passing plays thing. So it'll be fun to see people complaining over that uh, during the Sunday night and Monday nighters. They already are like, oh, the game is going to take so much longer. And I was like, no, 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 you idiots. They're not adding the number of challenges. They're just adding to the things you can challenge. Every coach uses both their challenges anyway, for the yeah, most part. They do. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not going to change anything. Like, just shut up. So, I like this. Coaches should be entitled to a second challenge if their first one is successful, giving them a potential maximum of two per game instead of just one. I kind of like the just one. I I might be I might be okay with going back to having none, but you get the second challenge if your first is successful. I can live with that. Yeah, that that I'm fine with that. Uh, you know, if a guy wants to go fishing 
and, and yeah, you know, yeah. early in the game, early in the game to try to switch momentum and doesn't gain anything. Well, you, you lost it and you lost timeout, so it's be the same as it was last year, um, you know. But if, if a coach is smart and keeps his challenge and is able to use it when he knows that he's going to win and get a second one, then that that's an advantage to you know not looking for a call and knowing what knowing what the call should be and and you know knowing you can challenge it and when to challenge. Uh, you know, we we see guys a lot of times when they had to one was just strictly for fishing. Uh, you know, and save it for for later, or you know, just try to try to keep a drive alive to to get points on the board early or something like that. And, and now with only one, that kind of went away, which has been nice. Uh, but if it, so, I don't see it changing much. Having to get it right to get a second one, uh, I just worry that you know, late in the game. Uh, well, I get no because you're still gonna have you still have to have a timeout to use it, so you can't really go fishing uh, and just hope if you don't have a timeout. So. I don't see any issues with it. I guess even with the one challenge, they can fish late in the game either or two. So yeah, uh, if but they really it, saved it, it for then anyway. Yeah, and I don't know why you, you you could, but and like everybody's like, oh, well, what about they're going to be challenging the hail mary and all that stuff at the end of the game? It's like, well, no, because you can't challenge in the final two minutes, so they won't be challenging that. So I, I don't know where all the the, the pushbacks coming from the NFL. Um, but yeah, you could still fish even with the one. Uh, I just do you want to waste the time if you're down by f- by three? Do you do you want to take that chance uh, of looking for a call that might not be there and losing a timeout and then not having any time to run uh, plays to get down the field? The rest of the proposed rule changes kind of have to do with player safety or the severity of the punishments dished out mm-hmm. for headshots and things like that. Uh, they want maybe the command center to have the ability to upgrade a 15-yard roughing the passer penalty to a 25-yard penalty for a direct blow to the quarterback's head. Um, oh, Matt Nichols is never going to look up. <laughs> uh, allowing the command center to assist refs with called and non-called roughing the passer penalties, mm-hmm. which, yes, uh, give the power to the eye in the sky mm-hmm. or whatever we're calling it these days. Absolutely. And if a player receives two 25-yard penalties in the same game, he'd be disqualified from mm-hmm. that game. I, I f- kind of feel like if you get one 25-yard penalty, you should be booted. Uh, to a point, Um well, I guess it's like in hockey, if you hit somebody from behind, there is no two-minute penalty. Uh, if it's called checking from behind, it's five in a game. So I, I'd be okay with that. For the amount of times where it is a significant blow, well, that would be a 25-yard penalty. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I, I'd be okay with a one-and-done. Uh, CBA discussions, I guess they're ongoing. But the possibility of reducing the number of Canadian starters from seven to five has been brought up. Mm-hmm. And I guess we've been through this fight on social media a few weeks ago. What do you oh. make of this possibility, though? I, I understand where the league's coming from. Uh, you know, they added partnerships with all these other countries. Uh, so I, I understand wanting the roster spots there or the opportunity for roster spots there. Um with expansion coming possibly to the East Coast, uh, the Canadian talent is all, and I, I don't mean to crap on the guys, but I mean the Canadian talent uh, for guys that aren't offensive linemen or defensive linemen for that matter is getting stretched thin. Uh, and that that is a fault of the league to a point and, and the development programs of the teams and stuff trying to develop 
young Canadian talent. Uh, so that's a two-way street. It's not just you know because they have to they have to have those guys. They, they need to develop them better, grassroots level, all the way up through. So, I mean, dropping down to five, uh, you're not. Wh- I would drop. I would leave it at seven now and drop down to five when expansion comes in because you're not. It, you're you're still going to lose some jobs, but the talent will be better. Uh, just like I, I I know I keep going back to hockey, but with the original six, uh, you know, you had to be the top in the top thirty six defensemen to to play in the NHL. That was it. There was only six teams, six defensemen on each team. Uh, you know, and so they had to be good. The talent was better as expansion came. You, you saw the bottom feeders come in, and the Oilers are still there uh, lately, which is pathetic. But you know, if if they if they can find a happy medium, maybe keeping it seven, like I said, moving to five with expansion, you keep the best possible talent available to teams. I, I don't see the big issue. I would never go to zero, and I wouldn't go. I wouldn't want to go below five. Um, but I mean. At the same time, seven. If you have a management team and a coaching staff like they do in Winnipeg, uh, it's you know that is able to develop Canadian talent like they have. It, granted, I mean they got Andrew Harris from BC, but uh, you know it's 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 a, it's more of an advantage to them. But I I, I don't see a, a huge issue with it being five. I uh, think there are so many different ways you can go with this discussion. So if mm-hmm. they cut it down to five and they're uh, we expanded ten teams. Then, if my math is right, that's fifty Canadian starters. Right now, there are sixty-three. So there's even less Canadian starters mm-hmm. <laughs> if we go down to five. Yes. If we go to six, then there'd be sixty Canadian starters. But you do need to, uh, you know, come up with Canadian uh, backups and things like that. But I, I don't yes. think anybody's arguing that it's not a problem. That or it is a problem that a backup Canadian offensive lineman or something gets paid, you know, thirty grand more than a starting American cornerback. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the biggest issue is the pay scale. But I think if they cut it down to five, I, I almost think that's too drastic it, because part of it is that. Canadian players, we we don't have the development systems that the Americans do because they start no. playing football when they're like three. <laughs> so yeah. They get that support through their whole whole lives. A lot of Canadian kids only get the three years in high school and then the four years of university, and then they're thrown into the pros, but they've got to be developed in the CFL as well. If they cut it down to five... I could actually see teams just going with four Canadian offensive linemen and then hiding a Canadian, you know, wideout somewhere where it would just be a lot tougher for defenders or other mm-hmm. skill positions to ever make it big in the in the Canadian game. And I know we're kind of limited when it comes to the skill guys. Uh, you got your Andrew Harris and uh, he he's not playing anymore, but Andy Fantuz and these guys come and they Brad Sinopoli. Yeah, exactly. They come and they they're all stars in the league, Canadian or American. But what is the incentive for the teams that continue to develop Canadians mm. if they cut it all the way down to five? That, that feels a little bit 
too drastic to me. And I think it it adds another wrinkle to the Canadian game. I love the discussions among fans. If we can't talk about salaries and salary cap management with our teams, there's a nice wrinkle there talking about the ratio and how things can change an entire team when you know injuries mm-hmm. happen here at that position or that position. So I love that. Obviously, teams want it down because it makes it a lot easier on GMs. GMs were whining before the AAF started up because the international player pool was shrinking or you'd have to compete even more for those guys. So the GMs are kind of in it for themselves. job security yeah exactly they want it to be easier for them not to have to worry about developing and nurturing the canadian talent uh you know seven or eight years until they get to their full potential but at the end of the day it is the canadian football league and i kind of like it the way it is i feel like the canadian talent has kind of caught up since ottawa joined the league and there's probably going to be even more of, uh, uh, well, the talent will spread out even thinner when uh, the schooners come into the league, so we'll probably see a little bit of a dip then. But hopefully, long-term, the schooners coming into the league will get more kids in Atlantic Canada taking up football and moving through the college ranks and coming to the CFL. And maybe they want to change how or the definition of a Canadian as well. Uh, if somebody's been in the league for five years on one team or something like that, they get to call uh, so-and-so a Canadian. Or maybe these uh, these international guys come up and they go through U-sports, and if they get trained in U-sports, then, hey, we can designate them as a national on the roster. Make it like a, make it like a CanCon situation with music. Yes, I, kind of I, I think there's something something to be said about that as well. But yeah, I, I think it's the Canadian Football League, and it's a fun discussion to have. We mm-hmm. do not have to, uh, you know, throw rocks at each other online if we don't agree. Well, <laughs> what's the point? What's the point if we're not going to though? Really? Yeah. yeah, is that is that fun if we're not fighting and swearing and? <laughs> Oh man, like I, it was hard to stay off Twitter for those couple of days when they were doing when they were having their meetings, and then this came up. Oh, she got she got heated and and funny, she did. and I was I had a little bit of an inside source at work, uh, so we were chatting a little bit, um, and yeah, he was just like I I I understand where you, where everybody's coming from, but everybody online just needs to cool it. But the players don't even agree that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if the players can't agree, uh, I don't know what they can really get done. And we will talk about the AAF. That is still to come. Uh, I did mention the Schooners and them coming in and possibly thinning out the Canadian herd even more. But Moncton, New Brunswick will be the host of Touchdown Atlantic this year in August between the Argos and the Owls. I think that one was a little bit uh, expected. Tickets for that one are going to go on sale April 15th. So if you're listening in Atlantic Canada, buy those tickets up and show that, uh, yes, a team will work in Atlantic Canada. And it's been kind of quiet on the Schooners front. And just last week they kind of came out with a proposal on the stadium site uh, Shannon Park in Halifax and kind of a proposal 
on the stadium as well. They want to they want it to be a facility that will be used over 300 days a year by different community organizations. And honestly, the proposal looks pretty bare bones, uh, kind of like BMO Field when it was first built. And mm-hmm. I, I think we're going to have more of that than we do Lansdowne in Ottawa. Maybe, maybe sort of a combination there of uh, what Ottawa and Toronto has for their football stadiums. Yeah, and, and you know, they need they need to like we need to get shovels in the ground to do this. It doesn't need to be huge. Uh, let, you know, leave room for expansion. And you know, if you host a great cup like Regina used to do, and have this the temporary seating, uh, you know, and, and you can you can build on it much like they have with BMO. Uh, and build as you go, kind of, and get get the base where you can have start having games, and then yeah, like I said expand the stadium, uh, and maybe you can create a, a district like they have, uh, you know, in in Ottawa, Toronto uh, comes to other leagues, uh, you know, Edmonton with the with Ice District and and you know stuff like that, uh, the LA Kings with with LA Live, uh, you know, and, and making an event, um, and, and you know it and. The cheaper the stadium, well, not I shouldn't say cheaper. the The, the smaller the stadium you can survive with to start, the better off you're going to be because you don't your overhead is going to be lower and it's going to be easier to add on and expand in the future and, and set the team up for success that way. I hope we get this confirmed and figured out by Canada Day. That that was kind of the deadline that. Uh, they had told city council or city council had said, I, I hope things get figured out. I'm uh, I'm not as optimistic as I was six months ago. I don't know if anybody really is, but uh, man, I'm still well, six months ago. We happens. were at, we were at the Atlantic schooners party getting drunk, eating lobster rolls. And they announced the name, Yeah, which we, which, Hey, to an outbreaking news, by the way, uh, <laughs> when they, left it, up, when they left it up on the screen, I'm surprised we weren't asked to leave. <laughs> they took it down about two minutes after I tweeted it. But. Yeah, all they would have to do is walk around and be like, hey, you two, GTFO. <laughs> yeah. Who are the only two people in here sitting at a table drinking yeah. Keefs? Yeah, it's the <laughs> yeah. over there. Who, yeah. Who, who's the jerk drinking double whiskey and refusing to eat lobster? <laughs> Oh, that's Ty. Uh, and we, yeah, we talk about multi-use stadiums and, you know, something being in use 300 times out of the year. That was the vision for Mosaic Stadium in Regina. It's a city-owned stadium. So mm-hmm. when the prospect of the Raiders and the Packers having a preseason game there this August was brought up, it looked like it was going to be pretty cool. There were people that are NFL fans and not CFL fans talking to me about, you know, as a season ticket holder, maybe getting them pre-sale tickets or going with them to the game in Regina to check out this event. Uh, and now it's not going to happen. Uh, the Riders had a hand in it, basically saying, no, we, we don't want our field messed with two days before a game. Now, when the thing first happened, I thought the Riders were on by, but... They wanted to do this game either the day before or two days before uh, yeah. a Ryder game. I think that, yeah, it was crazy close. Yeah, but either way, the, the Riders shouldn't have a say in it when they don't 
own the stadium. <laughs> uh, the city made a mistake by stitching in uh, the colored uh, yeah. turf in there so it's not easily changed over. That is on the design of the stadium because even when the soccer game was in there, it looks stupid when you're painting it a wrong shade of green. That's not the so it, I don't I don't even know if the NFL would be down with that playing a game well, on and then you have to move the goalposts and you know that that can be a real pain in the ass uh, you know and, and the, the fields and like you say yeah they stitched it all in but I mean you're gonna have to paint everything and then you know paint over it again and if that's a lot of work and to turn everything around in that amount of time. Uh, it's going to be pushing it. So the CEO of Everaz did say they'd be able to put it on. Um, it would just be tough to mm-hmm. to pull off, but I, I just look at it as a missed opportunity. Um, Pilsner Place could have easily been the black hole for the Raiders, you know. And while I wouldn't have gone to the game, I really don't care to drive 16 hours for a preseason NFL game. I'm not going to drive 16. Yeah, when starters are going to play one series. Yeah, and I'm not going to drive 16 hours for a CFL preseason game either. <laughs> so it, it's, no. I really don't care if Antonio Brown and Aaron Rodgers are out there throwing a ball around. So, But some people did look at it as a cool opportunity. Not only would it put... Not, not Bob Irvin. Yeah, yeah, but not only would it put, you know, the Raiders and the Packers on the map for some fans in, uh, on the prairies, but don't you think it would put the Riders on the map for some American players possibly looking at saying, whoa, they've got awesome facilities up there. Mm-hmm. If the NFL thing doesn't work out, there are places to play with 30,000 fans in the stands. I think that could be that that could be a fact like or a factor you know for for wanting to have the game and you know get the eyes especially on the stadium uh, with it being brand new and, and just a really really awesome facility uh, you know and you get it full it gets loud and it's 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 a great experience great atmosphere and like you're saying like if this NFL thing doesn't work out the guys are in training camp you know they could get cut after the game they could you know, yeah and maybe walk down the hallway and sign sign a contract so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but at, and at the same time too, like you said, getting eyes on the riders. I mean, they would be telling the people on TV, you know, this is a CFL stadium. This is the team that plays here, and they'd probably end up showing some highlights. I'm sure, uh, you know, get some rights and, and show like you know mosaic yeah. highlights. Not that there would be very much now, uh, but you know, it, it could get eyes, but I, I get where the riders are coming from, not wanting it. Cause that's, that's a lot of work and a lot of stress to turn that stadium over in under two days. Uh, and, and, you know, you still, and you'd have to replenish everything, uh, with, you know, probably two, two groups of 30,000 people in there. Uh, it'd be a lot to get done. I know Everest says they could do it, but, uh, you know, the minute something w- would go wrong that everybody would be pointing fingers and saying, see, the NFL is trying to ruin us. So I, I get why this isn't going. I don't think it's a loss for the riders. I think it's a bit of a loss for the the city, though. It was just another mm-hmm. event to be at that I, stadium. It, it, and, two, right? Exactly. It, it, it takes away tourism dollars and stuff like yeah. that. I, I totally understand that aspect of it, for sure. Speaking of other leagues... Uh, or some, lack thereof. No. Some, some people thought 
this. I want to start with this one. Well, no, we'll we'll start with this. Uh, the AAF has mm-hmm. suspended operation, and I I'm honestly just kind of blown away by all of this because all the hype when it started was how much money they had, and they had a few seasons of money in the bank, and they were going to be okay if they made it through this season, but. And then 52 days into it, operations have been suspended. But I I don't know what they expected because there's zero. Any league could start up, and I don't care what it is. It's not going to make money in the first season. No, that's really tough. You have to be willing to lose money to make it work, mm -hmm. and obviously they're not. (laughs) So week two, they had trouble paying players. Yeah. So... CEO of the Carolina Hurricanes, Tom Dundon, stepped in uh, with the cash infusion. He said it was $250 million, which, you know, it wasn't all in one lump sum. Uh, he's lost $70 million since then on this league. Uh, they are not drawing. The, the football quality is not that great. The offensive line play has, has gotten better, but it was atrocious the, the first couple games. Uh, you know, they're, they're in markets that don't have that don't already have football save for Atlanta and uh, was it Houston but th- those are huge markets f- football markets as it is but th- this is just proof that people don't want and I know the NFL is a, is a 365 day news cycle but people don't want more we don't need more football than there already is there needs to be you need to miss it at some point and and you know the, it just wasn't working and they're playing these huge stadiums and the coaching the, the coaches they got the, you know they were recognizable names uh some of the players were super recognizable but i mean at, at when it comes down to it if, if the product isn't good and people aren't going you're not going to survive with three thousand people in the stands it's not going to happen uh you know and they a couple weeks ago or well maybe not a couple weeks ago but when when this league started they're saying ex- expansion within two or three years is a very distinct possibility. And now here we are 52 days in and the league suspended and, and on the well on the way to folding. It, it just, it, it just sucks. Like, you know, I, I was never overly worried that it, it was going to take jobs away. I didn't know how long it would last. Uh, and then week two kind of just reaffirmed all that, you know, this, this is going to be a flash in the pan thing and people stopped going to games. Manziel brought in a little bit of the crowd, but I, there, there is just no demand for more football than they, than we already have. Uh, you know, it's, it's a saturated market, especially down in the states, with you know three hundred NCAA teams and thirty two professional teams, and then they still get CFL games and there's still CFL fans down there, but just more football. It just there's just there's no crowd for it. There's no demand for people wanting to see more. It came in with all the hype, and it just couldn't. Yeah. Live up to it. They had the TV deals. They had sounds a bunch like, of cash. Sounds like somebody that came to the CFL this past season. <laughs> so, Kevin Glenn has played, well, has had a contract with all nine teams in this league. Mm-hmm. Could Manziel play in four leagues in five years? <laughs> he can't play in the XFL. Well, according to Vince, he's not going to bring guys in with uh, criminal records and things like that. Yeah, and, and that's the next thing we're looking at. The XFL next year. Apparently, Vince is 
prepared to lose $500 million or invest, we'll call it that, over a three-year yeah, period. Yeah, that's why WrestleMania tickets are $500. <laughs> uh, but the AAF said almost the exact same things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they have Mark Tressman there, and now they also have Jamie Elizondo, who left <laughs> the Ottawa Red Blacks. Some people thought it was an April Fool's joke. The ultimate heel turn. It was so good. (laughs) But he's heading to Tampa Bay with Mark Tressman Mm -hmm. in the XFL next year. Who knows if they're going to make an entire season. You have to think this is in the back of these guys' minds. Oh, for sure. When when they're trying to give spring football another shot. Jerry Glanville is going to be there as well. But the whole Jamie Elizondo thing... Marcel Desjardins and the Ottawa Red Blacks, I have seen... Got what they deserved. I have seen more and more of their fans saying that while OSAG is a great organization to deal with, sometimes Desjardins does not treat his coaches Mm -hmm. and his players with respect. There were Sir Vincent Rogers and Greg Ellingson said they didn't feel valued anymore. Uh, Jamie Elizondo was not allowed to interview with the Riders, and I, I think it was the was it the Bombers or the es- or the Eskimos. He was not Eskimos, allowed. I believe he was not allowed to interview with other teams this off season. So he just ended up up and leaving and going to the XFL. The best thing about all this is the Red Blacks press release. Oh God! The, 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 what was the headline? Elizondo that. quits on the Red Blacks. Or something like that, yeah. Wow. Um, you know, I love how long he waited to do this. <laughs> There's, They've already had coaches' meetings, which he was a part of, and, you know, done other stuff like that, and then he's like, ah, I'm going to leave. It's like, hey, Oseg, take this job and restaff it because I'm out of here. You're gonna, they, they screwed him over to, to a point. I know I said he was under contract, and, you know, you got under the contract, but if you're given that chance to, to – move up in a position, you should be given every opportunity. And I know it was later than usual for that, but for them to just flat out say no and basically holding him hostage at that point, I totally get why he did what he did. Um, I'm surprised he, he waited that long. Maybe it was just a long con. Uh, once he once he was denied uh, permission, he was like, well, you just wait. You'll get yours. And, yeah, he just waited and waited and waited and got an offer and took it, and that was that. So the Red Blacks are in a really tough spot right now Mm -hmm. and they don't really need an OC this year because they're not going to have an offense (laughs) what are they going to do like this could be worse than the riders last year (laughs) I don't know man (laughs) dude The, the only thing is that the red blacks Defense will not be able to put up the points the Riders' defense did last no, year. No, so. I'm just I'm just talking strictly on the offensive side of the ball. I know, I know. But yeah, ugh. did oh, okay. Before we move on, though, was, was, since we're talking about Ottawa, did you happen to see a sh- an odd shark tweet that was sent out today? No. So every year, obviously, they have futures. Um. Somehow, some way, Ottawa is above Edmonton, Toronto, Montreal for Grey Cup odds. (laughs) 
How is how are they above Edmonton? Well, obviously they don't pay attention. <laughs> That's not like a BC's safe bet. Like, BC's the favorite. I, I thought you were going to put it. At, they were going to put it at like one million to one, and yeah, I would put that, down ten bucks on that. Ottawa, Ottawa's <laughs> at plus eight fifty. Edmonton's at plus eleven hundred. Like what? That doesn't make sense. Saskatchewan. At pl- I would put Saskatchewan below Edmonton and Ottawa. Well, no, maybe not Ottawa. Saskatchewan at plus seven fifty. I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch with a ten foot pole either. Wow! But yeah, I saw that. I saw that, and I'm like, oh, that is some bad odds making. They're not going to get any money on Ottawa. <laughs> Over the air, not. <laughs> I, I might. I might go and drop some coin on Edmonton though at plus eleven hundred. Why not? How much are you going to put down? Well, I mean, it depends on uh, <laughs> when you. How much you give me back for your tax return? <laughs> Wait, there's a discount here? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what's next on the CFL calendar? Well, we'll see what happens with collective bargaining. Uh, training camp is only six weeks away. Rookie camp's open on May 15th, full camp on May 19th. Looks like the CFL is going to hold a, a European lottery and draft this month as well. Uh, it actually looks like... Today, the, the day we're putting out the show, they're going to uh, determine the first overall pick, and then they're going to pick some players next week on the 11th. And then May 2nd is the CFL draft, and before you know it, we're talking about we're talking about games again. So I'm I'm getting mm-hmm. really excited, man. Not only that, we are going to Labor Day this year together for the first time. We're going to Labor Day. And I have a feeling that all the weight I lose from now till then will be put back on that Friday and Saturday night. <laughs> we should weigh in before and after. <laughs> I haven't had a Coke in 44 days. I haven't had a Coke in... Uh, like four three hours? Three days? Three days? Ah, something uh, like that. I, think, I think I'm through the withdrawal stage now. Nice. Once you make it through that, it's easy, breezy, beautiful yeah. cover girl. I, w- I was just going to say cover girl, but I'm like, nope. Bite the tongue. <laughs> Brazilian Ty and Travis Cura, a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Uh, we've got an Alberta election coming up in less than two weeks. No. Uh, a federal election Breaking coming news. up this fall, if not sooner, with all the drama that's been going on there. So I'm going to point you into the politics section of the Alberta Podcast Network. Head to the website, albertapodcastnetwork.com. Click politics. It's a shiny new website within the last few uh, mm-hmm. few months as well. So we've got the Dave Berta Podcast. Dave and Ryan talk politics, uh, especially, you know, Alberta politics, which are really heating up. And then uh, speaking municipally. Oh, I screwed it up. I was practicing municipally before yeah, close enough before the show, and I still screwed it up. Uh, Taproot Edmonton presents a weekly discussion of uh, municipal politics. Troy and Mac, uh, they pay attention to all the stuff going on in Edmonton politics. So uh, check those out. Things are going to get fun over the next couple weeks. Do you think uh, your dad would want to do a political podcast with me, and do you think people would actually listen to it? I think people would listen to it, but for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> That's very fair. <laughs> I'd listen to it, and 
the, the best part is that I know he would record every episode without a shirt on. <laughs> That's true. That's 100% true. <laughs> oh, man. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. It's a 2NL CFL podcast. We'll talk to you again before May. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.